Hello, I'm Neil Quigley and welcome to the latest episode of my podcast. This week, what it was like to play football at Wembley Stadium, why I think Barcelona is such a great place to visit. I want to talk world records, including my visit to the World Stinging Nettle Eating Championships. That's all on the way. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. I was lucky enough to work at Wembley Stadium for a couple of years. It is a fantastic place to work and an amazing stadium as well. I really enjoyed my time there. Being a massive football fan since a kid, it's a place I've always worshipped and respected in the world of football. I grew up wanting to watch games at Wembley, wanting to one day play at Wembley. All the cup finals I remember from my childhood were played at Wembley Stadium. I remember the first time I went there to the old Wembley Stadium. It was with my local football team. I'd have been about seven or eight and we went to watch an England schoolboy international between England and Brazil. Now, to give you some idea of how long ago that was, Wembley Stadium was still all standing at this point. There was about 20 of us with the football managers and the coaches and a few dads helping out. Somehow we managed to go into the wrong section. So to get to the place where we should have been standing, we ended up having to climb up over a wall, which meant getting a bunk up from the manager to climb over this wall and get to our place. When we got in our place, it was absolutely jam-packed. For an England schoolboy international, it was only under 15s, but there was hardly any room. The place was absolutely packed. It was an amazing first experience. I then remember, still in the old stadium, going to watch England play for the very first time with my dad. England against Holland, where the Dutch had a fantastic team at that time, with Ruud Hullet and Marco van Basten amongst their players. Then eventually, still in the old stadium, I finally got to see my team Tottenham Hotspur win a cup final while I was there in the stadium. It was the 1999 Wolverton Cup final against Leicester. Tottenham Hotspur won 1-0. George Graham was the manager and I was lucky enough to have some fantastic seats. I was working in computer sales at the time and managed to get some corporate style seats right opposite the Royal Box on the halfway line. So I had a fantastic view of the game and more importantly, a fantastic view of the Tottenham captain lifting the League Cup that day. Then the old Wembley Stadium was knocked down and for a few years, the England Internationals and Cup Finals went elsewhere. Then in 2007, they opened the brand new and current Wembley Stadium. I actually got to visit the new stadium a few months after it opened for the League One playoff final when Yeovil Town were there against Blackpool. I was doing full live commentary from that game, so I got to experience the media facilities there, which were nothing else like I'd seen anywhere else at any other football ground at that point. They were amazing. And years later, I ended up working there for a bit as a tour guide, which was just brilliant. Every day, I got to take groups of people up the stairs to the Royal Box, in to the England change room, and gave them a chance to walk out of the tunnel like all of the big players have done at Wembley since the stadium opened. It was really a great experience, lots of fun. As a kid, I absolutely loved football. It was my dream to be a professional footballer, but sadly that never happened. But part of that professional footballer dream is you want to play for your country, you want to play in cup finals, and you want to play football at Wembley Stadium. By the time I ended up working at Wembley Stadium, I'd stopped playing regular football 12 years before. Therefore, I really did think my chance of playing at Wembley Stadium was long gone. Towards the end of my time working at Wembley, we had a charity day to raise money for the FA's charity, which at that time was Breast Cancer Care. And this charity day included the chance to play for a donation to charity on the hallowed Wembley turf. Now, for me, this was an opportunity far too good to miss, so I absolutely jumped at the chance. I found out probably about three or four weeks before it happened that it was going to take place. I was so excited during that time. I went out and bought myself a brand new pair of football boots, especially for the occasion. 
and I'd not really done any football training for years. In the three weeks leading up to that game, I went down my local park, I bought a ball, and I was out there kicking around, doing lots of sprints, trying to get fit, trying to get the touch back, so I could try and be the best I possibly could be out on that amazing pitch. Now, I have to confess, while I was working there, I had actually been on the pitch a couple of times, once to help put a zip wire across the stadium when we'd done some special zip tours, and also, at the end of an NFL game, I actually took some of the American coaches across the pitch and back into the changing rooms. So I had walked on the pitch, which I thought was amazing itself, but to actually get the chance to play in it, that was so exciting. We were randomly selected to play on various teams, so there was actually nobody I was working directly with playing on my team, but a couple of people I was working with were playing on the team I was playing against. Having worked at the stadium for two years at this point, I was well used to being in the England change room and the other changing rooms, but it was something quite special about being in the change room that day when I was actually getting changed and getting kitted up to walk out and play on the pitch. It was great from the moment I was warming up on the touchline, getting myself ready, waiting for our game to start. Then we got the signal from the referee. We'd get out on the pitch, get in our positions and get ready to play the game. The game was quite a short game. It was two halves of 10 minutes, so 20 minutes on the pitch in total. But I had an absolute ball. I absolutely loved it. The nine-year-old me was in his absolute element, finally getting to play at Wembley Stadium. Now, of course, the stadium was empty. There was just the people who were taking part in the charity day there watching. But in my head, it was full, 70, 80,000 cheering. It was a cup final or I was making my England debut. That's what I was imagining while I was out there. It was quite surreal running around the pitch because obviously when you're playing football, you're concentrating on the ball, you're concentrating on the game, you're looking around and seeing what's going on actually on the pitch. But of course, every now and then there's a lull in play and you suddenly look up from the pitch and you look around you and you realise you are playing at Wembley Stadium. It was an amazing feeling. The team I was playing for won comfortably, won about 5 or 6-1 in the end. The most annoying thing about the whole day for me though was I didn't get a chance to score. I would have loved to have scored a goal at Wembley Stadium. If I had, you would probably never have shut me up talking about it. I'll be telling everybody, strangers I meet in the street, on the train, everywhere. Luckily for strangers all over the UK and the world, I did not score a goal at Wembley that day. I had a couple of half chances, which I couldn't quite convert, which is very annoying. But that did not detract from the day. It was just an amazing experience to actually get out there. I don't know, it was really a glorified kick around with no one watching, but no one could take away the fact that I have played a game of football at Wembley Stadium. Boyhood dream, tick. While I was working at Wembley Stadium, there was a couple of sports relief challenges that took place, including one between Robbie Savage and Alan Shearer. Now, there's 90,000 seats at Wembley Stadium. They suggested this challenge where they would sit on all of the seats between them. So they have to do 45,000 seats each in three days, which is just a ridiculous feat. So we were there watching them do it through the days they were there, and it was hard work. You had to actually physically sit on the seat so your bottom touched and then get straight back up. Both of their knees and backs were pretty much shot to pieces by the end. You see them at the end of every day as they came back into the change rooms to get changed and well have a ice bath most of the time. But they did look absolutely shattered. But fair play to them both. They did do it. And if you can't remember, I can confirm Alan Shearer did beat Robbie Savage. He got round slightly quicker. 
While we're talking about world record-breaking challenges, I have witnessed a few of those over the years while I've been working in radio. Once at Ival FM, a colleague of mine, and I can't remember how exactly this came to light, I think a listener had been clearing out their wardrobe, their loft or something, and they found a marathon bar that was 10 years old. So we just mentioned it on the radio, quite amazing, marathon bar, 10 years old, would the chocolate be any good, should it just be thrown away, and I can't remember exactly how this came about, but another listener basically volunteered to come in and try and eat this 10 year old marathon bar. I mean, health and safety wise, we probably should have stopped with that idea right then and there, but fair play, the guy did actually come in and did actually try and have a go at eating a 10 years old marathon. I say have a go, when we opened it up from the packet, it was pretty white and pretty rotten, wasn't in its best state. So luckily we hadn't actually bothered notifying the Guinness Book of Records, so no one was there to find we didn't actually manage to achieve it. But I would say fair play to the guy who was actually even volunteering to do that in the first place. There's no way I would do that. That can't be good for you. And marathons, of course, do famously contain nuts. Nuts that have been lying around that long could not be good for you. I also remember in Yeovil Town Centre one afternoon, there was a world record-breaking attempt, which we weren't directly involved in, but it was right in the centre of the town. So we did go down and cover it and talk about it and do a few bits and pieces from there. What they were trying to do, they were trying to make the longest line ever of pizzas. So they had to make all these pizzas fresh, and do it within a certain time scale and try and make the longest line. And these pizzas were snaking all the way up and down Yeovil High Street. There were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. And it was quite the production line, watching them try to get the pizzas ready and get them out into the line. Unfortunately, I think in the end, they fell about three pizzas short because you had to do it within a certain time scale as well. And they didn't quite get there in time. Mind you, on the plus side, there was a lot of free pizza to eat that day in Yeovil. And who doesn't like some free pizza? While I was working down in Somerset at Ivel FM, I did end up attending a world record sporting event. Well, I say sporting event, I guess it is a kind of sport. It's certainly a world record event. Have you ever heard of the World Stinging Nettle Eating Championships? It takes place every year at a pub called the Bottle Inn in Marshwood, which is a little village in Dorset. I had seen it featured once on a TV programme with Hugh Fernley Whittensall a few years ago before I got invited along to check it out for myself. So I went there, I was going to broadcast live from the World Nettle Eating Championships for the whole afternoon. I'll be honest, I was quite excited about it. It's not every day you get to cover a world international event. The event itself had been going for years. It started off originally as a competition between two of the local pubs. They would each supply a team and each team would see how many nettles they could eat in allotted time. Whichever team ate the most, they were the winners. And this idea kind of expanded over the years, got bigger, got bigger, got more interesting, got more entertaining, got more people to watch it, got more people to take part, and the day became bigger as well. As well as the nettle eating, it was a beer festival, there was barbecues there, there was live music there. It was a real big event in the end. At this point, I'd been living down in Somerset for about four years when I went to the World Nettle Eating Championships. As I arrived and got parked up, I noticed someone that I recognised. There was actually someone who I used to play football with as a teenager who was there at the World Nettle Eating Championships getting ready to take part. Now, the reason he was there was quite interesting. Around the UK, there are lots of weird competitions and games. 
A lot of small towns and villages have very niche little games, little competitions that they do annually. This guy was on a bit of a mission. He decided to spend his spare time and weekends going all around the UK and just taking part in these weird and wonderful little traditions. He'd already been to the cheese rolled in Gloucester and to the shin-kicking competition as well before he rocked up at the World Nettle Eating Championships. Although I was there to cover it for the radio, I had absolutely no intention of eating any nettles. My experience with nettles up to that point had never been good. I'm quite clumsy as it is. I used to play a lot of football around fields, so therefore I ended up sticking myself a lot on nettles as a kid. Retrieving footballs always ended up sticking my legs or my arms or just everywhere. And normally on a country walk, at some point I would manage to sting myself on a nettle. Therefore, nettles were not a thing of pleasure for me. Bad enough walking near them, the thought of putting one in my mouth, all I could see happening was I'd end up with sting marks all over my tongue. Luckily for me, the agreement of me going there did not include me, physically myself, having to eat any nettles. The nettles are freshly picked in the weeks leading up to the event from local nettle bushes, so it's all done very local. And literally, there are bags and bags and piles and piles of these nettles stacked up, ready for the competition. It's actually quite a delicacy. Nettles, you can make lots of different dishes. In fact, there were lots of dishes featuring nettles that you could order to try at the pub where the competition was taking place. Although I didn't try any, these did appeal to me slightly more because once you've cooked a nettle, it basically gets rid of the sting. If the nettle's properly cooked, the sting goes. The Nettle Eating Championship, however, requires the nettles to be raw and freshly picked, therefore not cooked and therefore still very much with the sting on them. There is actually a special technique to use to eat the nettles which should stop you getting stung. You need to very carefully fold them over so everything is packaged up in a little square parcel. Then if you put them right to the back of your throat and chew carefully and quickly, you should be able to eat the nettle without sticking yourself. So I'm told. I saw it demonstrated by a couple of people. I was still not brave enough to actually go and try it myself. The competition took place in several heats on a big stage. You'd have 10 people up on the stage at the same time, all with a table and all with a big bowl of nettles right in front of them. Obviously, the amount of nettles in the bowl were known, therefore you could count how many nettles were left in the bowl and therefore you know how many nettles each person had eaten. Watching the heat, it did get quite competitive and you could see that like most eating competitions, if someone was doing really well, it did tend to drive the others on. My mate from my hometown, Princess Risborough, who was there, didn't do very well, I'm afraid. He didn't get past the heats, but fair play, he did have a go, and I don't think he stung himself. So I personally would see that as quite a good result. It's quite a long competition. It probably goes on for three or four hours by the time you get the heats, have some little breaks in between, more heats than the semi-finals and the final. If my memory serves me right, the guy who won it had actually travelled down from Newcastle for the weekend to take part. Although he was nowhere near the farthest travelling competitor. There was people from Australia, America, South Africa, New Zealand, all over the world who had come down to this little village in Dorset to the pub to take part in the World Stinging Nettle Eating Championships. 
It was a fun event, and it is held right in the middle of the summer, so the weather was fantastic. It's a lovely pub anyway, the Bottle Inn in Marshwood, so it's just a very enjoyable and nice day out. And the thing I like about it, it started off as a very small local tradition, and it has spread now into this massive great thing, which is actually recognised as a world championships. I went to Barcelona for the weekend last year and had an absolutely amazing time. I always wanted to go there, heard lots of good things about the place and the opportunity arose so I jumped at it. Now I didn't really have much of a plan. I knew I was going to do as much sightseeing as I possibly could but I didn't really have anywhere I particularly wanted to go except for one place. I definitely wanted to do a tour of the new camp Barcelona FC's football stadium. First day there, tried to get some culture, so I just wandered around the amazing cathedrals, the churches and the art galleries they have there. Absolutely stunning. Well, I did that until the rain got the better of me and I found myself in a bar stroke restaurant ordering a nice glass of Spanish red wine and having some food. It's a very social place, lots of places to go in the evening. It's very vibrant, it's very busy, it's lots of fun. Then the next day, I got up and took myself to Barcelona's New Camp Stadium. It is, as you approach it, quite a basic-looking stadium. It looks very concrete doesn't look that spectacular from a distance, but the closer you get, the better and better it looks. And I was so excited when I bought my tour ticket to get in and have a look round. The tour itself is amazing. As you can probably imagine, if you know anything about European football, Barcelona's trophy room is just spectacular, crammed full of trophies and memories from over the years and they've got so much memorabilia for lots of their former amazing players. And they're very clever as well. There's lots of great photo opportunities as you go around. I got a picture with me lifting a replica of the Champions League trophy with the new Camp, the stadium in the backdrop. I've got a picture of me celebrating with the Barcelona team after one of their triumphs in Europe. Also, there's a picture of me standing next to Lionel Messi. Obviously, these are digitally enhanced, recreated pictures, but they look great and it really does add to the tour. Plus, the chance to go in the changing rooms at the new Camp, walk out that tunnel and sit where the managers and substitutes sit, plus being up in the stands. It's just an amazing experience. It is a truly great stadium and a really good tour. I was staying right by La Ramblers, which is the longest road in Barcelona that takes you down to the marina and to the sea. It's just full of bars and great places to eat and drink, some wonderful restaurants, so I enjoyed my time there. Also, while I was there, I went on a sightseeing tour, did an open-top bus tour, which was actually fascinating, really enjoyed that, looking around all the various points of interest of Barcelona, and I also treated myself to their aquarium as well. They've got an aquarium in Barcelona that has some sharks, and you walk through a tunnel, so the sharks basically are swimming all around you, can swim over your head. It is really good. I enjoyed Barcelona massively. I would happily go back there for for a weekend there's so much to see so much to do the weather's lovely it's got lots of great restaurants and art and culture and it also has a beach within walking distance as well what's not to like it was wonderful and exciting to see somebody i know on britain's got talent last weekend the hilarious and brilliant ben langley was on performing for the judges and getting four yeses and a standard ovation for his great piece of comedy working with Miss Heard lyrics. He is absolutely fantastic. I've known Ben for about 14 years now. I met him when I was working Ivel FM in Somerset and he was at the Oxford Theatre in Yeovil doing Panto. We've kept in touch over the years, met up a few times. I've been to see a lot of his touring stage plays. In fact, I made a cameo appearance in one of them. He is firstly 
a lovely bloke, really nice fella, but he is hilariously funny. His act is amazing. He's so talented. He honed his skills as a street performer in Covent Garden, so he knows how to work a crowd, and he's got many strings to his bow, many different talents. His show, his actual one-man show, is a complete variety show. Ben Langley, keep an eye out for him, support him, get behind him. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Have a fantastic seven days. Look after yourself, be nice to each other, and have lots of fun. See you next week. Thanks. Bye.